G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keep League with the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We look at the lesser knowns and the uh, yeah the lower players that are going to be the point of difference in your Keeper Leagues. Uh, as per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Just uh, keeping cool in this Adelaide heat wave that we're just starting on, actually. Yeah, 40 degrees today. We've got four successive days of 40. With a few Uradler drafts to uh, keep us Currently, cool. Just a lovely, uh, easy to drink beer in warm weather. So, thanks to Uradler, even though they're, <laughs> they're not sponsoring us. But, but uh, they could if they wanted to. Exactly. Just a bit of a <laughs> shout out to uh, a great local South Australian craft brew. We always support local beers here on the Keep League anyway. So, do. what are we doing this week, Kays? Uh, we are going through all the position changes that, have happening, or that are happening for 2020. So, uh, we've got a bit of a sneak peek into uh, what the AFL Fantasy um, positions will be for next season. Obviously, we're not sure what uh, Ultimate Footy will come out for next year when they usually uh, add on another couple 20 or so usually. Uh, historically so uh, but these are the ones that are coming through from uh, AFL Fantasy and and there's some interesting ones especially for the guys that we talk about uh, week in week out getting uh, some DPPs and stuff like that so very exciting all right with that said let's dive into it and take a look all right cool let's uh, have a start so what we've done is we are going to um Basically, have a look at some of the ones that are relevant. So, we can't go through them all, obviously. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, because there's just too many to go through. So, we've picked a few that are going to be, uh, we think, going to be more relevant to keeper leagues and guys that might be available in the draft pool um, next season. So, Kays, uh, who's first? To your boy, well, my boy, but you've stolen him for this uh, <laughs> this segment, uh, Chase Jones from the LA Crow. So, we are going down uh, club order descending. So, uh, kick us off with Chase Jones, Hef. What do you know about him? Yeah, well, I know a few things about him, but mm. uh, he played a... Uh, few games last year I think it was uh, eight games in total but uh, mainly as a forward but the thing is this year they've been uh, I guess in this preseason Adelaide Crows have been saying that he's going to play more in the midfield this season or going to get given a run in the midfield anyway so yeah he only averaged uh, 46 last year but he had a big 92 in the last game versus Western Bulldogs and if we look back to his underage scoring which I always think is a good indicator of uh, I guess fantasy potential um, he had uh, 97 average in the underage championships and his point per minute uh, was through the roof in that game. So his scoring was quite good there. So I reckon that's a pretty handy to retain forward status. Um, well, did he have it last year? I think in the midfield no, only last mid year. Only, yeah. Played forward last year, that's right. So that's why he's got the forward status. But uh, yeah, now going forward, I think if he gets more run in the midfield, he's going to be pretty handy. Yeah, definitely. He's one I've had my eye on kind of since that uh, that big game in the last round last season. He was putting up some really good SANFL numbers uh, before that. Got his chance in a, you know, in a, it was basically a do or die game for the Crows and actually played pretty well. So uh, I think that with for those guys, um, you know, your Ellis Yeomans, Greenwoods, Douglas's Betts, you know, Jenkins to an extent, you know, like there's just so many opportunities for the next level of kids to come through. Yep. Uh, he's leading that pack, obviously, with Ned McHendry. And a guy I'm going to speak about right now which is my boy Benny Keys. Oh, so, fuck me. One of the great pickups of the trade period. Well, not even trade period, the draft period. Uh, so he was a mid only last year, but he absolutely dominated the NEFL and has been given forward status for 2020. Now, look, I know you want to be down on him and that's fine. You know, look, really, his AFL numbers haven't been amazing. But uh, what I do like, he's going to a club where there's going to be opportunity. So as I mentioned, all those guys have left the Crows. You know, they're going to have to look for some guys to step up. And I think that, you know, yes, Wild Jones and McHenry and potentially Gallucci, a few others, you know, uh, 
have been there for a year and a bit longer, they might be the first ones off the rank. But, uh, you know, Keyes is into his fourth or fifth season of footy now. So he's got that bigger body. He's kicked a heap of goals in the knee for last year. He's worked on his forward craft, can play midfield. Uh, I just think there's something about him. When he inevitably flops this year, mm-hmm. is this going to be the last year that you talk about him? Uh, well, yeah, because you'll probably get the list of his rookies. So. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. But look, if you look, he actually had eight, I know it's the kneeful, but he had eight times last season playing as a, a half-forward flanker, which is pretty good. He kicked a heap of, back, heap, kicked a heap of goals. So, yeah. bit of respect. The Crows wouldn't have taken a flyer on him for no reason. There's obviously some kind of thinking, you know, with how they're, they're structured. They could have gone with, you know, youth inside the SNFL and they've picked out Keys and Ben Crock. And I just think that he's a bit of a, head of a, step, of, a step ahead of some of the other kids. I just can't see him kicking those goals in that AFL. There's midfield time at the Crows available and, you know, someone's going to put their hand up. All right, moving on. Yes, it's your boy, Sam Petreski-Seatonheff. All right, so uh, next season, Sam Petreski-Seaton gains back status. So he was a forward last season, So which was, yeah, it goes from the previous season, but he pretty much played in defence the whole year last yep. year. So, um, yeah, finally got that back status. Oh, but he couldn't get it because he was a mid-forward. That's why. Um, yeah, so anyway, he averaged 78 last season and he only had a 26 in the last game against Geelong where he barely touched the thing. So, if it weren't for that game, he probably would have been closer to the 80 mark, which would make that average look a little bit more respectable. Now, you think he um, he'll be being kept in most leagues, but he might not have been picked up in last year's draft because, uh, you know, it was a bit raw and uh, probably the breakout wasn't as expected. So, um Last season, he played 22 games and only six were under 70, but he only had one ton as well. So, he had eight games where he scored 80 plus. So, that's really consistent scoring in there. Like We always talk about how much we love those guys that don't uh, go under, uh, I guess, 70, whatever, very often. So, you're going to get a decent score on the park for you. Mm. The big question is, though, with Doherty coming back, is that going to affect him? Uh, Well, he's not back yet. This was basically the time of year when Doherty went down, you know, with his knee again. So, you know, unfortunately, touch wood, uh, we saw Aaron Nitschke from Melbourne have his second uh, ACL tear in the same year. So, um, you know, yes, Doherty's uh, entrance back into the club will obviously hamper a few guys, but I think what Petrovsky Seaton does and, and, you know, it's a good user of the ball. So they want the ball in his hands, uh, plays it smart. You've got to think that Dale Thomas has been moved on there too. So, you know, even if, you know, Doherty comes back in, he's almost taking Daisy's spot. So, but uh, from terms of... uh, what I like about SPS is that it was just that level, you know, like as we talked about, we banged on about it all last season, really about, he just doesn't have bad games. So um, while he was a center forward and there's probably a few more high scoring options that you could pick up uh, willy nilly from the forwards, a guy who's got back status and really never goes under 70 is just pure gold for your side. So um, definitely one I'd be looking at and there's always scope, you know, for him to go bigger and better uh, into the future too. So I'm pretty exciting getting him getting back status, I think. Yeah, it's going to be good for the game, I think, just a few more defenders in there as well because, uh, yeah, we're running low each year. We are. Uh, next up, another Carlton boy, Hef. Who you got? Oh, Liam Stocker's the next one we'll talk about. So he gains back status. I think he played five games last year and it was all pretty much in the back pocket. Uh, 45 average uh, last season and Carlton just purely wanted to get games into him. But I don't think he could quite hack it at AFL level just yet. He was probably a little bit underdone. Um, he was t- highly touted in the 2018 draft with uh, the, the infamous pick swap, I guess, with uh, the Adelaide Crows to get him. Uh, they go with the first round pick this year to grab him. So interesting stuff there. Um, he averaged 82 in the NAB League in 2018, but he had better super coach numbers as a, as a junior. I think he was about the 100 average as a super coach. Uh, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I think he's going to be more of a super coach to 
type, I think, going forward, more so than an AFL fantasy type. What do you think, Case? Uh, he was interesting to watch last year. I think his body just wasn't up to it, like size-wise. He was and, small. And that he just looked small out there and just looked not ready for that level. And that's, you know, some people take that time to develop. I think because of the name he had, that they wanted to kind of get him out there and going, oh, we made the right decision by trading our first yeah. pick and, and getting some game into him. Um Will this year be his year? I don't think so. I still think he's probably got another year before he becomes a real fantasy player, I think. So, I wouldn't be too harsh on judging him in 2020. But uh, it'll be very interesting to watch. And look, those guys who you might want to just kind of um, bring into your side, just on the off chance that they do go up to the next level, him having back status is just perfect and, and makes it a bit more worthwhile taking a risk on him. Yeah, he's on my list. And at the, at the this point in time, it looks like he's going to be put back to the pool because we can only keep 16. But uh, yeah, disappointing because if we could you know play the dynasty or something, He'd be someone I would hold on to just to have a look at. But oh, yeah. uh, the immediate scoring is probably not going to be enough. It's probably going to take another couple of years before he gets there. I tend to agree. Uh, we're moving on. It's rare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving on to the Fremantle Footy Club and you've got your boy, Adam Chera. Yeah. A lot of my boys in here. Mm, um, are, amazing. You wrote the show, Doc. <laughs> All right. Uh, Adam Chera, he averaged 60 last season. Uh, had one score above 100 last year and that was in round two. So we thought, uh, I think he had a quiet first week and we saw 100 like, here we go. Here's Chera. Yeah. Uh, Breakout yeah. here it goes But uh, you just didn't uh, Eventuate from there But um, I was, last year Basically I saw him As a natural midfielder Just having to play Across halfback Kind of playing a role Filling that kind of um, Hold until he kind of Can work his way Into that midfield Position full time uh, He had big numbers At junior level So 99 at the Under 18 championships Championships And 115 In the NAB league uh, The previous year So um, hopefully A new coach Puts him back In the midfield But yeah, I, I can't see him scoring well in defence again, but I'd like to see him move back into the midfield and see how he goes. Yeah, he looked pretty good in their um, back line actually last year at times. He was pretty composed and, and was doing some good things for a young bloke. He had that bad second year blues really, basically. We thought he was probably a, a year ahead of uh, the curve, but he just wasn't. Uh, but I think next year, you know, basically if you with the back status, you can kind of go chips in a bit. You know, if it's going to be his year, this is the year when you want to take him because, um, you know, yeah. it's the, the do or die year in terms of going, going ham. I think if you've got him, you want to be holding on to him. Definitely. Oh, with the talent that he's shown and back status, it'd be a very tough one uh, to delist for sure. All right, Kays, who's up next? Uh, his teammate, Darcy Tucker. So, kind of took us all a bit by surprise last year. Uh, with He played every game for, for Frio, which was really good. He gets the forward edition this season, which I think makes him a real handy late pickup. So, average 73 last season with two tons. But I kind of think that is his level. He's around that mid-70 average, I think. He was used as a tagger a bit, played forward a bit. So, pretty dynamic in what he was doing for the team. It's just how he's going to fit into their side next season, which kind of I'm not a bit sh- not sure about. So, obviously, we'll see the, the rise of, you know, your Brayshaws, Cheras, just naturally taking that next level uh, step. But, um, you know, on, on the flip side, you see uh, Steve Hill... Um, Bradley Hill leave, sorry, and um, Ed Langdon out. I just, so. just on that, I don't see how he doesn't fit into the side. He's that straight into the wing for me. Yeah, but then you've got Akers coming in. Uh, James Aish is going to come into that side. He's, James, James Aish is going to play on the wing. They've got two wing spots they've got to fill, yep. and he's the next one in line. Well, I think Akers will take one of them. Well, there you go. There's one, but yeah. I reckon there's no chance of him not. So, but you were not going to – You don't you want Cherry to come into the midfield there? I'd like to, but I just don't see it happening. He's a pure winger. He's so, a, and then what the about the draft boys that they brought in, these three hot draftees but who are going to be – We're going to half-back flanker. we got a 
small forward and another small forward. We so, are you a free supporter now? No, I'm just saying, off. like we are. Well, that's what we're analysing here. Yeah, no, I just think that he's just <laughs> going to be that same kind of role. But new coach, so who knows what's going to happen? That's the thing. So he's definitely holding his spot. He's not getting dropped from that best 22 because he was no. so valuable to their team last year. But can you see him going from a 70 average to a 85, 90 average? I don't think I can. I think 80 plus, easy. Yeah, 85. We'll probably get there this year. 85. Yeah, 80 to 85. Yeah, can I can we see that. Cut this and we'll play it again. Yeah, next sure. Season. 85. We need a bet sheet or something. Like 82, that. 85. Okay. But in, that, in that ballpark. But yeah, I think 73 average last year without a kind of defined wingman role, like you're competing with spots with Brad Hill and Langdon. With those guys gone, he jumped straight into that role. Mm, maybe. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Hef. Greenwood. All right. Hugh, uh, Hugh Greenwood, yes. yes. Um, let's have a look at him. So he had, uh, yeah, so basically last year he was uh, named as a midfielder. He got forward status in ultimate footy um, and probably fantasy as well. I don't keep up with the AFL fantasy classic Not positions sure. as much. But uh, yeah, so we'd finger, have fingers crossed he'd keep the forward status and he did, so that's good. This just makes him become like, very fantasy relevant. So, well, initially it did, but we'll explain this later. But anyway, he averaged 78.3 last season. And that was his lowest average from his three seasons at AFL level. So if that's your lowest, you're not going too bad. Um, he averaged 82 season prior, and that was his highest. And I think he averaged another 79 the year before that. Um, if he plays as a forward, I reckon he'll average in the 70s. But if he plays as a midfielder, he'll probably average in the 80s. Now, what I'm thinking is now... At the start, when he first got traded to Gold Coast, I'd be like, yes, he's definitely in midfield next year, next bigger bodies, rah, rah, rah. Look at all their draftees now that they've got to fit in. And um, yeah, now the trades and stuff they've made too, it's just going to be very hard to actually see, know who's going to be playing in that mid. So Gold Coast just have a lot of midfielders. But I guess with uh, Greenwood, his tackle numbers are generally pretty good. Mm. So yep. yeah, I think that's going to be the result, or I guess the, the cause of some of his scoring. So if he can keep those tackle numbers up, he should be good wherever he plays. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to be as keen on those midfield numbers that I thought he'd be getting. I just don't think – his tackle numbers aren't going to drop because that's, you know, basically his game. But I do think that where Gold Coast are at with their list, you know, you've got a lot of naturally talented guys coming through who are coming out from injury. You know, you're my boys, your Jack Bowes, et cetera, who they probably want to push into the midfield. But Greenwood's strength is actually his pack marking and, and you know, he's actually a pretty good shot at goal. So wouldn't be surprised if they do use him as that half-forward flanker as opposed to the, the centerman uh, – Number uh, cinnamon player, you know, you got to realize they got Brandon Ellis coming in there too. So, yeah, you know, they've got a few guys in there who probably uh, are ahead of the pecking order, I think, in their midfield. But I think his flexibility is good for the side. But I wouldn't be worried about his average dropping off. But whether it's going to go the other way and, and grow a lot, I'm not sure about that. All right, Kaz, who's up next? Uh, Daniel Howe. So, uh, the Hawthorne player gains back status and well, really probably needs it. So, he only averaged 67 last season, which was coming off the back of uh, averages of 77 and 75 the seasons before. Uh, my question is with him, while the back status is very handy, I'm just not really sure where he sits at Hawthorne either. So, um, we're seeing that... Um, Tom Mitchell's coming back into the into the uh, fold this year. This year, uh, he's going to start training in the in the new year. James Warple's on the rise. Obviously, he's uh, he's gone bananas, uh, you know. But then you have got like guys like James Cousins, uh, Jack Scrimshaw, who are pretty handy, you know, utilities and that kind of thing too. Where whereas Daniel Howe's been in that system a bit longer, hasn't really found his uh, niche. Has tagged at times, but uh, you know whether you can trust him to to deliver week in week out, uh, even as a backman, I'm not sure. For me, he's probably looking like a, a handy enough late pickup in a, in a draft. You wouldn't definitely keep him, but uh, and you wouldn't take him too early. But just one you could throw a pick on late because he is around that best 22. Um, and when he plays, he usually scores not too bad. So a bit of a wait and see one, see what the, the Hawthorne midfield's looking like in the preseason. But uh, yeah, good that we've got another back in the fold, I think. He's had too many chances for me. I wouldn't be going anywhere near him. Wow. 
another definitive statement from Hef tonight. Yep. Big calls in a 2019. Oh, I, I think you find our listeners probably agree. Dan Howe is probably not really brought up in conversation, barely get his spot on the side. And when he does, he might have one good week out of five and then just stink it up for the other time. He's now we're talking about good players on this podcast. You've changed. <laughs> Um, my next one is it's not, uh, it's not about fine. It's not about talking about good players. It's trying to find potential, and I just don't see any potential there. Yeah, but if it was your last pick, I'd be happy to take Dan Howe. Yeah, sure. Your last five are generally shit anyway, so it doesn't matter. My last five are usually good. It's my first five. They're really <laughs> bad. Um, from Melbourne, Nathan Jones. So he's gone to defence. He's got a, a centre back position this season. Basically, it's bad news, and I think Nathan Jones is officially dead. So, he's gone from 104 to 87, and then last year, or this year, sorry, averaged 74. The interesting thing about that is you go, oh, he's getting older, maybe he's not playing as much. He actually, his time on ground did not change over the last three seasons, and he's dropped 30 points per average, uh, so 30 point per game average, which is just crazy. So, for me, I see him as a Jordan Lewis 2.0, and I really don't see any upside at all, especially with Adam Tomlinson coming in, who's that bigger body mid uh, wingman, Ed Langdon arriving too. So, for me, uh, I'm going to make a big call. Just avoid at every single cost and don't get sucked in because he's got back status. You know, people do get sucked in. A lot of people will get sucked in with Jordan Lewis getting it last season. It's just not worth it. He is gone. He's going to be a bit player at the in the team and uh, their new era of midfield will come through and uh, be the scorers for them. Yep, I agree with every, all of that. Just basically. Go for something, you know, go for youth over him. Correct. Find something else. Yep. Uh, one that is very exciting is a man by the name of Bailey Fritch. So, he has got forward and back status. So, the DPP, which is super exciting. And I reckon he becomes one of the most uh, important fantasy swing man for 2020. So, what I like about him is he's actually dangerous, whether he's forward or back. Um, and I think that his development was definitely one of the, the most exciting things of uh, Melbourne's season last year. What wasn't quite there was that full season consistency, but his back half of the season was absolutely awesome. So, um, he's 23 years old and I still think he's got a heap more to come. It's only his, it will only be his third year of AFL footy, but uh, holding that back forward just makes his uh, fantasy value grow a bit, especially when backs can be a bit shaky at times and so can forwards. So, it's always super handy to have one of those forward back players where you can just swap in week in, week in out if you've, if you've got a bit of an injury in, in one of the areas. So, um, he kicks goals, he does it in defence, he can get touches. I think he's uh, could be a real fantasy jet. Yeah, the numbers don't tell the story, but when you look at him play, he looks like a fantasy baller. Mm. So I reckon another year under the belt, what is this coming into his, I know he's a mature age, but coming year. into his third year, yeah. I know it doesn't really count as much, but I reckon, um, yeah, with another year in his belt, he's, I reckon he's only going to improve this season. Agreed. All right, let's take a look at Paul Ahern, another one of my boys. Um, so he gains back status. Um, so he played three games late last year. Uh, I think it was rounds 19, 20, 21. I actually got it written down here. Um, he scored 84, 84 and 59. So he had a 75 average from his last three. But I guess the issue is he only played seven games. So he's struggling to cement that spot in the side. Uh, under a new coach, it might be a different story. But the thing is, we saw the coach take over last year and it didn't really affect things too much. So... If he can cement his spot on the side, I think he's going to be a reasonable scorer, but Paul Hearn that is. But uh, yeah, it's going to be hard for him to actually do that, I think. If he moves back into the midfield, which is what he was drafted at, what he played at, if he can do it, or cement his spot on the side and get back into that midfield this year, he's going to be a pretty handy pickup as a defender. But I don't know. Can you see it happening, Kaze? I just don't know about North Melbourne's midfield at all. 
You know, like they've yeah. got so many guys in and around it who but are just. But what about their defense just getting level. him getting a game? Do you think he can slot he, in there? Like, he could get. Like, there's no. They obviously have to go down a path, and youth is that path. He's still yeah. young. You know, it's just where he, where he slots into that side. I don't know. You know, like Bonar comes in this season. Yeah. You know, where's he going to play? Will Dom Tyson ever come back from the dead? Will um, no. Aaron Hall return? You know, like there's all these kind of bit players in North Melbourne's side yeah. that you just can't actually get an easy read on where guys will line up week to week, I don't think. Like yeah. even Zohar or Zebel or, you know, like where are they going to play? Forward, mid, you know, who knows? Like there's absolutely so many unknowns with North Melbourne. It's like a don't go zone for me. Off topic, but uh, Zohar. Someone I'm actually pretty keen on. Yeah, I'm very excited about him too. But um, I can see him just slotting into Zebel's role eventually. I feel that those guys are just going to interchange from forward to mid. They'll retire. It'll be fine. Yeah, no. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, that's that's my thing with North Melbourne. I just can't get a read on who's in their best 22 and where everyone lines up. You know, because it's like Jack Zebel, like one week he can play forward and score 20, and then next minute he goes in the midfield and scores 120. You know, like there's just no contingent continuance. I don't even know what the word is. (laughs) (laughs) They just you just can't. Him. That's basically what it is. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to uh, Sam Powell Pepper from the Port Adelaide Power. So, uh, he has forward status this season. So, this is a surprising one because if you look at his heat map, he looks very much a midfielder. So, I didn't really see this one coming. I watch a lot of Port Adelaide football as well and I didn't really notice him up forward that much last season, but he must have snuck up there. That said, he had, usually had a few froths <laughs> coming through. So, I could have been blind. He was, he was in the forward line the second half again yeah. and you were blotto by then because you were down oh, by 10 goals. I just assumed game. he was in the back line, but I just forgot that they'd changed then. But anyway, <laughs> this is what we're dealing with, guys. You know? uh, he averaged 75 last season. So as a forward, I reckon that's going to be pretty handy. And I can see Port really putting an emphasis on youth next season as well. So they'll be wanting to play in the midfield. I think he had some big games last year. I think he was a late in in the showdown last year and absolutely dominated in the midfield. But uh, just couldn't cement that spot again. But yeah, I can see him becoming a high 70s, low 80s forward. Um, the only thing is I don't think he'll maintain that forward status for very long. Yeah, no. He probably saves himself being cut from a lot of keeper legs yeah. keeping forward status. Yep. Um, especially because a lot of guys have lost their forward status who are big ballers and they're going to the midfield. So, sure. um, I reckon if, if, if he wasn't forward and if I had even my, my score to 30 yep. and I had 15 keepers, I wouldn't have kept him. But now you almost are obliged to because there's that chance that he can, can go into the midfield and score quite well. So, um, I think you've got to stick fat with him if you are an SPP holder. And you're right. I think Port have to go for it and just invest in you for the next year or two. And yep. if he's not part of it, he's got to go to another club anyway. So, interesting to see what happens with him uh, next year. All right. Another Port Adelaide man. Almost a forgotten man because yeah. of the broken leg last year. But uh, yeah. Jack Watts, tell us something about him, Case. Yeah, well, call me crazy. But I actually think that uh, I'm a little bit excited about Jack Watts next year. So, he played uh, those two games for Port before he did break his leg. And he scored a 92 and a 67. And that was, I think, he only played three quarters of the game before he snapped his leg there. Uh, all reports, he's been training very well and will be ready to resume in the Port back line for 2020. So, um, what I liked about him in the, the preseason and, and early on he was just uh, it was really intercepting well like floating across taking some grabs kicking um, obviously he's a great kick so the, he had that um, responsibility a lot Dan Houston moving into that midfield a lot more I think we'll just free up you know guys like Burton and Watts to just float across that half back line uh, we'll be able to sweep up there and I just think he's going to be one of those set and forget 75 to 80 average defenders yep. uh, no worries week in week out won't set, you know won't score 120s etc but you can just put him in as like a D3 to D5 and just lock and load and don't worry about him for the rest of Year. Yeah, no, I agree that mid seventies, maybe low eighties, was what he will probably probably average next season. And I think Port will just be keen to get the ball in his hands because he's actually a, a good user of the ball. Yep. So uh, yeah, I think they'll use him across halfback in that same role. And as long as he doesn't get injured, I think it'd be handy for sure. 
Uh, on to Richmond. Uh, Shane Edwards, he picked up back status this season. So he goes in as a DPP uh, as a centre back. And he was obviously one of the best streamer options this season. Uh, but I reckon he kind of... Uh, his relevancy grows having a back status in 2020. So um, he went through three seasons of scores in the 60s, uh, but last or this year, sorry, he averaged 74. And it was really that his, his late season form uh, caught everyone's eye and it was his role change as well. So he's spending a lot more time in the midfield, doing a bit of a few run with roles, obviously playing across uh, halfback there too. So while I think there's that, there's almost like two points to this story, I think there's some some relevancy there and some um, value in taking him as a, as a centre-back. But I also think there's a few warning signs at the same time. So you can't get too excited because he is 31, so he's getting on and his role could change, you know, like that. So it really depends on what the Richmond setup next year is like, whether he's going to, you know, go through that midfield like he was in 2019 or go back to that, you know, pressure forward uh, that he was playing for the yeah. three years prior. So uh, the good thing is, though, I think there might be a few uh, coaches with rose-coloured glasses on with him who will either take him a lot earlier than he should go in drafts or... Um, potentially think there's a bit more value if you do hold him you might be able to get something for him but uh if you were going you know with that 30 you know 30 league uh, sorry 30 30 team 15 keeper kind of thing i think he'd be a non-keeper he's just on that borderline just with his age and his role um what yeah unsure with his role i think yeah the other thing to think about i guess is Pickett coming into the side as well which would play a pretty similar role someone like uh jack graham that wasn't in the final side as Jack well. Jack Ross, even. Jack Ross is another one. Yeah, yep. and there's a few out, uh, others that I guess were uh, injured for a lot of the season. So, yeah, it's just a wary one as to where he kind of plays. So, if he plays in the midfield um, and he's got that back status, it's going to be handy. But yep. I wouldn't be surprised if he just goes back up forward and just, yeah, yeah. plays as that pressure forward. <clears throat> there's a lot of risk in it for me, I think. Yeah. Uh, James Rowbottom from the Swans. Uh, so he has had forward addition here. So he's a centre forward uh, and I think takes him from a risky centre proposition to a guy I kind of want really badly. So uh, he played 12 games last year in his first season in AFL, average 63. Uh, did have four games of uh, 77 plus, which is pretty good for a first year player and only played uh, 67% time on ground too. So I think with what the Swans are doing, uh, they're rejuvenating the list. Um, Zach Jones has moved on. Kieran Jack's gone. Jerry McVeigh's gone. They've got in some really good draftees. I think he's going to play a good majority of games in 2020. His body was big. Uh, he's a good size, tackles well. I think there's lots of ticks here. And just with that, the forward status, he's just someone you can take a bit more confidently than you would if he was a centre only for me. Yeah, I don't really, I haven't really followed him a lot very closely uh before this season but now that I know you want him uh, it's going to make draft night very interesting so I might uh, keep a closer eye and maybe just pick him just before one of your picks round one James Rowbottom <laughs> not much chop uh, I, won't be able to, I won't be able to get it oh, actually no I do have a pick in front of you but I don't think I'll take him there I'm going to win my bet <laughs> okay alright now contrary to uh, I guess popular belief or what people are probably assuming right now that uh, Kay's actually made this list of players and it wasn't me but here's another one of my boys that I'll talk about and this guy I'm not sure why he's on the list Kay's because he's probably going to be kept in most leagues and too good mm. But if you give me an opportunity to talk about Jordan Dawson, I'm going to talk about no, Jordan I'm just Dawson. I'm going to leave for a while. I'll come back in five minutes. <laughs> so Jordan Dawson has added uh, forward status. So after being a mid only at the start of last year, he added uh, back status halfway through the year. Actually, I think he added forward status in AFL fantasy and back status in ultimate footy. So. Crazy. Yeah, but I guess they just had to pick one each. But now he's got the back forward this year. So well, I think now he is going to be the ultimate swing man in, uh, in ultimate footy and fantasy football this season. So yep. um, he had a break 
breakout season, I guess, last year and averaged 82. He had four tons in that as well. And uh, I guess a lot of those games he was playing in the midfield and you've noticed when he was playing solely down back um, or solely up forward, he probably didn't score as well. But the thing is, when he goes in the midfield, he kind of just seems to pop up and he can do everything. So he's a player that you hopefully he gets you find he gets more of a run in the midfield and we hope that's the, the case going forward. But uh, yeah, I think just the back forward status gives him that little bit of uh, extra flexibility. So if he plays that midfield role, um, he should go well. The downside is as well, and I'm a Jake Lloyd owner, when he plays in the fence, he kind of, they kind of eat into each other's scoring a bit as well, mm. which hurts. But uh, it's just one thing to think about. But I think the back forward status is uh, pretty handy. Very handy. Uh, he's definitely one to watch. Obviously, everyone really knows that now. But uh, yeah, with back forward status, just like Bailey Fridge, um, they both can can score well and, and they're very handy acquisitions. So if you have him, uh, keep him. Um, and obviously value him because he's an absolute jet. All right, guys. Bailey Smith, he's been uh, given forward status. He has. Very exciting. Uh, so, you know, you, another one of your boys, really. Oh, I just I like anyone who's a good junior fantasy scorer. So, they're all my boys. This is a ridiculous I list. just like good players, Case. <laughs> <laughs> I like shit players. Yeah. Come on down, Ben Case. Uh, so, Bailey Smith averaged uh, 69 in 2019, but uh, came home with a wet sale, averaging 85 in his last five games. And I reckon he can do that basically every game in 2020. He was a just such a good player to watch. Uh, the way he goes about it, finds the footy easily, tackles well. Uh, centre forward just makes him just a, a must draft if you're starting up a keeper league or if you've got him, uh, you'd be absolutely smiling. So he did ton up uh, 108 against Port, which probably isn't that hard. Uh, but he did have 12 games of 75 plus, which is when you're playing half of you, you know, play, he played a full season of footy, half of those games are, you know, scores of 75 plus. That's really good for a first year player. So uh, definitely will be gone in most leagues. But uh, yeah, if you are starting one up or, you know, you want to try and get him, you know, off someone for an older player who might be gone for a flag, you got to do it now. Did you mention his time on ground numbers there, Kaz? No, I didn't. They were very, very low mm. last year as well. So that scoring as well is off very little time on ground. And that comes on the back of being injured for majority of the year before. So yeah. really easing him into it. So I'm expecting big things from Bailey Smith and a good fantasy scorer from what little footy he did play in his junior days. Mm. Didn't play, or sorry, played a lot last year, but didn't play the time on ground numbers he would like. Yeah. Um, so watch him going forward because I think he's going to be pretty handy. Now we've got to the end of the alphabet and for some reason, Andrew Brayshaw has just snuck in there. Well, I know if you've listed, uh, left him off here so I was wondering what is going on because he's probably the most talked about guy in the fantasy you circles right now you wrote the show doc and you just put him in these were your notes of the, the list of players that you made uh, and I noticed you missed anyway, Andrew Brayshaw right, I'll there. leave you for five minutes again let's go oh no I think I don't think it's um, I don't think it's you know it's pretty common news that he's been given forward status and a lot yeah. of people are talking about him going forward because a lot of people are expecting the breakout so I thought it was pretty important that we talked about him it is but if you think about it from you know even from late last year you go geez Chair and Brayshaw had bad years as centre only and then you go bang One's got back, one's got forward. All of a sudden, they come super, super relevant now. But it does mean that people want them a lot more than they potentially did when they only had the centre uh, status. Anyway, we'll talk about Brayshaw. He adds uh, forward status and, as we said, he thinks he's primed for a breakout season. So, he averaged uh, 70 last season or 69, high, seven, uh, high 60s. Um, had uh, two tonnes real late in the year um, and finished off playing uh, – sorry, finished off the season with an 80 average from his last five. So, again – Hill and Langdon have left. He plays that inside role a bit more, so Akers is probably going to affect him as well um, coming in. But the new coach, and for large portions of the game last year, he was chucked up forward for quite a bit and out of that midfield, and that probably contributes to that kind of lower scoring or that plateau in scoring. But I reckon next year he's ready to take that next step and there should be a breakout. 
Yeah, well, I've seen the, uh, you know, Andrew Brayshaw trading down the house story, so. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, nah, he's- You he's, can't argue with those stories. You can't. <laughs> they never, you know, they're never wrong. They are never, never wrong. <laughs> uh, burning down the house, obviously, you've got to take him. But even if you're playing, um, you know, normal AFL fantasy, you, you've got to have him now as a, as a centre forward. If you're playing normal draft legs, you've got to have him because uh, he might even hold it for a year, but uh, it'll be a very, very good year for you, I think. All right, that's uh, all the players we're going to talk about who have changed uh, positions going into this season. Uh, next up after the break, Case is going to talk about some of the players who have lost uh, DPP. So stay tuned for that. All right, so Case has had a look at some of the players who have lost DPP and he's going to highlight a few of those now. So Kays, uh Andrew McGrath, he's a uh, mid-only next season. Mm. Uh, rest in peace, Andrew. It was good knowing you as a fantasy proposition. Uh, look, he averaged 75 last year. Uh, I just think he's poisoned this year, unless he's one of the you know 20 blokes at Essendon who are actually fit, uh, if you believe all reports. I just don't think he has any trade value now. You know, like, yes, he could be a good player one year, but- People would want people would have wanted that take that chance on him if he had back status. He doesn't have that anymore. Um, but if you are saying that, you know, maybe he goes in undervalued, so you could pinch him and win out of it in the long term. So, a bit risky now. Uh, he just doesn't become. You know, if you're averaging seventy five as a mid, you borderline being kept um, unless you're expecting a massive, massive breakout. So, yeah, um, the only thing that is good, as I said, is if he's one of those fit guys at Essendon and he'll be playing a lot of midfield time. I think he's going to wind up like one of those mid nineties type. Midfielders that are good for you, mid four, mid five, mid three, me even if it depends how bad your team is. But mm. I think he's going to be one of those players that you're going to have to have because you'll need those midfielders that kind of just plug out nineties each yeah, week. But they're the ones that it's like he's like uh, David Swallow. It's like yeah, yeah, no one gets excited about David Swallow. No, no that's he, what like I mean. He's, he's serviceable, but yeah, he's going to be kept most years. But yeah. he's just not. There's no excitement there anymore. Yeah, interesting one. Uh, Mitch Robinson, what happened to him? Uh, so he's a centre only now. So obviously a bit disappointing for uh, Mitch Robinson owners and probably hurts his trade value considering he's getting on a bit. But if you think about it, he uh, still averaged 94 last year, which is a pretty good mid keeper if you're looking at it that way. And he did go at a 108 average in his last five games uh, last season. Can't see too much changing in the Brisbane side really. You know, they're, they're rinse and repeat from last year. So uh, he's going to play a similar role. So if you're expecting another you know 90 i think he's a keeper all right and what about uh, will setterfield yeah this one hurts a lot because uh as a center only um i just wouldn't be surprised if he actually gets dropped off lots of lists so as a center forward he, he had a bit of value last year especially in legs like ours we're looking for that uh, next breakout look yes he is apparently burning down the track as uh Aren't they all they are. Well, Will Setterfield is apparently he's ripped as, and staunch and stuff and going to help out Patrick Cripps and they're going to be like Batman and Robin in the <laughs> Carlton midfield. But awesome. uh, as a centre only, I just he's too risky to keep. I wouldn't be keeping him. And where do you take him in a draft, uh, a redraft? You know, it's it's tough because you've got to kind of stockpile up your forwards and backs before you even look at these, you know, breakout kind of centres. So, yeah. a tough one. He's, he's lost value as, a, as an owner. It depends where, like, you know, what your league setup is and all that sort of stuff. But uh, he's probably going to be one of those mid-round picks when you're just chalking up your midfield and you're picking those guys that are going to play every week mm. and you can rely on for a 70-odd, you know, here and there. Yeah. Uh, who's next? Jordan Clark. So, he lost his back status and goes to centre only. So, this really hurts his uh, roster ability too. So, he did show glimpses um, of being a good player last season, but at the end of the day, uh, wasn't only a 67 average, a 63, sorry, average player. So, I think with him, because there is a bit of upside, he's got class, he's he's going to play in that Geelong side for the next 10, 12 years. 
Because he's lost that back status, people are going to bump him down their list so far down. And I think you can draft him late on the off chance that uh, either towards the end of this season he comes good, potentially picks up that back status again, or um, you know grows into a really good player with a, with an aging Geelong list and, and from 2021 can be one to watch. Yeah, I'm big on Clark. I reckon he's a class kid and he's uh, going to be a star going forward, I think. So, yeah, you know, use that 63 averages to your advantage. Hopefully people yeah, look down so. at him for it and, uh, yeah, snap him up. Big time. Now, Kays, um, I did bring the tissues in, so <laughs> I'm not sure you prepared to talk about this next one. It's been a tough night for me because you've <laughs> talked about all your boys and the only boy I've talked about is Jack Bowes and he's lost back status, you know. So, hopefully ultimate give him back. Uh, Didn't back all your boys just get game. delisted anyway? Um, I know, Ben Keith, sorry, got redrafted. Yeah, so it's just like, <laughs> he's like, uh, what is it? He's like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Um, so Jack Bowes lost back status. No surprises there. Average 71 last season. Look, he's going to be a hard sell for me to tell people to invest. But uh, look, he had injury interrupted year last year. Um, he came back towards the end of the season, which is great. Got a few games into him late. Full preseason this year. Should be good to go. I think that he's one of the guys, along with uh, Ben Ainsworth, who uh, Gold Coast are basically going to give the keys to the midfield. Um, they can do a bit of damage with a few more experienced heads coming in around him. And I think that uh, he's going to go to the next level this year. Just kind of breakout happened a year late. I think I, I don't trust just with the Gold Coast midfield. It's stupidly competitive. It shouldn't be, but it is. And I just haven't seen enough glimpses of him playing consistent midfield football and scoring well. So for me, like you're obviously keeping him if you've got him because you can't put a player with that sort of potential back. But if I'm looking at my one of my redraft leagues, I don't go after him at all this year. I don't think. Well, you're wrong. Yeah, I just, he's just not someone to pick up. No, I'd be I'd be taking him because okay. he's gonna. If you're even doing a you know a year by year year by year draft league yeah, or a sort of main starting redraft, a keeper, yeah. yeah, I think that you. Why wouldn't you take him? Like no one else is going to take him because where he's going to go, I think you could potentially get better positional players in the, in those spots. Potentially, I think he's just going to go way before he should. Well, I love him and I'm yeah, keeping him. I know you do. Uh, Harry Perryman is a centre only, so it probably hurts him a bit because he's progressing really nicely into a good player and someone, if he had back status, you'd be keeping for sure. I think you're going to be sticking fat with him. He's shown enough last year that um, you know he's going to be a very, very good player. Eventually, you know, a few of those guys in the GWS midfield will slow down, which will give Perryman that chance to progress a bit more into there. End of the day, he's still going to be a pretty handy halfback flank and winger for him. So, yeah. uh, potentially- He's not going into that midfield. Like... Why not? Because there's too many of them. Yeah, but well, can- I've made mention of it later down in the, in one of the questions, but yeah. there is like probably five, six midfielders. Like, yes, he'll get runs in there, yeah. but it, like even when I watched him last season, like when, and I watched someone I watched pretty closely, it didn't seem like he was anywhere near a full-time midfield role last year and he somehow lost his back status. Oh, so, hurts. yeah, no, I don't get so it. So, what but, would you do? Well, would I you- think he's going to get it back quite quickly. Okay. I don't think he's going to play that much. You're talking round three, round six, whatever. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon you get it quite early next season. So, I he's one. You know, we so never. What would you do then? If I'd you keep had him. him, keep him. Obviously, okay. Yeah, he's class. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cade Collard, Cade Jasny. Spit it out. Yeah, well, it's a hard <laughs> word to say after a delicious Uralid beer. Um, he's lost back status and he's a centre only, so that's a big lull. Um, don't draft him. Xavier okay. Dersma, this one's got to hurt you. He's a centre only next year. So what do you do? Oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. Then you tell me what you do because okay. you're biased. So he's a 79 average midfielder with a lot of upside. 
it's going to be kept, isn't he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, will, he get, will he get back status, forward status? No. Nah. He's mid, mid, mid. Yeah. So, you're just basically hoping he turns into a, a actual fantasy jet mid. Is that yeah. Fair? He'll probably- re- No, I don't think he'll ever be that jet mid either. He'll probably regress this year, I think. Um, the second year kind of blues will come into play. But I think he'll end up being one of those classic 95 average wingers, I reckon. I don't think he's going to ever be like a, a huge star. So, if why he, keep him? Well, because I think 90, like, everyone's got 95 oh, average can you, wings. Can you trade him for something? Well, no, because he's lost back status. Yeah, exactly. But I think everyone's going to have, like like I said, he's not going to be next year, but I think eventually at the peak of his game, he'll turn into one of those 95 average mids. Like you've got worse mids in your side that you'll keep this year. Everyone 100%. does. 100%. Everyone does. Yeah, I'm, so, keeping, I'm keeping Tom Cutler, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he's going to be kept. Uh, Zach Jones, mid only. So came off a career best year with an 82 average. Moves clubs, which obviously makes his role interesting. For me, he's a real coin toss proposition. So, really depends if you're uh, backing him to move uh, into their St. Kilda back line, potentially get that back status back. Is he going to play full-time mid? Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to progress? Is he going to regress? I just don't know because the Saints actually have a pretty good midfield group. Yeah. Um, Where is he actually going to play on that side? I'm not sure. He could get back status back, so he might be worth one worth holding. But if you're doing that and he just continues being an 82 average, it's just a waste of a waste of a keeper. I just don't see St Kilda chasing him as a defender after his year last year. So I think they would pick him up thinking he's going to play midfield because their midfield did really struggle a fair bit last year. They just was like the top end's really good, but they just didn't have the depth I think that they needed. Yeah. So I reckon he's come in there to bolster that. I think he's going to play midfield. I don't think he's getting that back status back just because I can't see him replacing anyone in that St. Kilda back line really anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he's coming to a midfielder and for me, yeah, you know, mid six, mid seven, like if you play that deep, yeah. going to be handy there for sure. Probably mid five as well, actually. I'm probably being a bit harsh. But before that, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be going too hard at him. But what's he going to average? Is he going to average more than 82? No. Nah. Okay. It's going to be around the 80 mark. Yeah. yeah. Which hurts. It's a hurt, hurt to keep. Uh, Lewis Taylor is mid only. Um, really just unrosterable. Really, his uh, PB uh, was 77. He's at Sydney now as a mid only. Yeah. You, you can't touch him. What's annoying about these is because like they base that on his NEFL numbers. Yeah. So I reckon he will probably get four status back. But even as a forward, I don't think he's that fantasy got, relevant. Nah, he's got yeah. nothing for you. Yeah. And the last one on the list is Aaron Norton. So he is forward only. Was a, a back forward last year. Definitely hurts with the versatility in, in an individual's team. But uh, I think there's going to be a bias for him regardless. Um, can really turn it on. Can score big. Um, if the Bulldogs keep... Um, keep rising up, keep building. I think that he could be a really, really important fantasy player and could be a really good uh, forward option who always, you know, can jump in the ruck, uh, get up the ground, a bit of a Nick, Nick Rewalt hybrid. So, um, haven't really lost out too much with Norton, I don't think. Yeah, I just don't draft key forwards unless they're Jeremy Finlayson who drafts as a defender who turns into a key forward. So, yeah. <laughs> Whereas I love Aaron Norton and keep him. So, uh, so, that's the list of all the guys who we think are relevant or have kind of lost their uh, their DPP status. Some hurt, some aren't too bad. But, uh, yeah, once the once all the positions are released, go through it and uh, yeah, see if you can get the upper hand on a few of your coaches. All right. Right, thanks for going through those, Kays. We're going to jump straight into, uh, I guess, talking about our new membership setup we got going from our website. So, um, basically, what we wanted to create is what we'd always been 
looking for, I guess, in fantasy resources. So we didn't want to have to dig through, um, I guess, you know, every week of NEFL stats or every week of uh, under-18 stats to find out who the best scorers we were. We wanted a place online that we could go to and see, you know, your, your state league fantasy scorers, the fringe players that are scoring well, or the draftees that look like they're good fantasy scorers at the underage level and their underage clubs um, that could move into a, a fantasy role at AFL level. So we created that uh, and I guess we use it to kind of support our podcast. And if you'd like to support our podcast, um, you could sign up for a membership, gain access to all those stats. Um, so we mentioned the, uh, the drafty scores and the stately scores but we've also got the breakout tracker and K's and mine um, our draft rankings are also coming up early next year as well so every dollar we make goes back into the pod to make it bigger and better we don't pocket any of it it's all going back into websites data analysis tools hosting all that sort of stuff that uh, costs us a fair bit of money to run so uh, yeah we just do it for, for the love of it basically and uh, yeah each week we like to talk about I guess mention a few gold members but because we've had so many sign up it's hard to talk, read, read about them all at once so we're just going to go through another five this week so thank you to the following case i'm going to let you read it out this week thanks hef uh but more importantly thanks to sean james bellett loot luke matrocchia uh mike warren matarocchia i'm going to go with matarocchia sorry luke if i've butchered your name i probably butchered it too. Uh, <laughs> or if have butchered your name we'll just butcher it two ways it's nice yeah. uh mike warren and Stuart churton so thanks to you guys i uh, really appreciate support okay let's move on to the itunes reviews so yeah i guess um we like to read out an itunes review every now and then as well um but yeah if you like the podcast uh, consider just writing a review maybe giving us a cheeky five stars um because it just helps us be found on itunes and podcast uh, get the name out there um this week we got a review from we got big cox who is uh if you're a if you're a fantasy football follower you've noticed him around twitter he's commenting mm-hmm. on everything he loves his fantasy football so cheers for uh, giving us a shout out mate but uh, he's written uh, essential listening for deep keeper leagues uh no one else talks about the untried and untested players have a listen if you want an edge in your league thank you mr cox (laughs) thanks big cox (laughs) all right now we'll move on to the listener tweets First tweet is from Ryan Arm. So he's asking, uh, what will B. Ellis's role be at his new club? Well, I think he's obviously going to play in the midfield for sure. Um, I actually think he's going to be a bit of a big dog in their midfield. I think they brought him in there for a reason. You know, he left Richmond, who were probably going to win down the flag this year for a bit of cash. I think he, he works really hard. So I think that he's going to want to kind of take a bit of ownership of that midfield there. So... My question is, will I, if we, I'm not sure will they, whether he'll attend a lot of centre bounces or not, or whether it's just going to be kind of that wingman who basically yeah. plays as a full-time mid. Um, but uh, I just think he could be up for some huge, huge numbers this year. I think the latter is, um, you know, the wingman style is what he's going to play. My, my worry is, I guess, is he going to cope with the attention of being the big dog as well? Good question. But I, don't, I feel if he's not actually starting in the centre, yeah. it's going to help him a lot. So, yeah, so that do might I. be how they free him up. Yeah, so, so do I. But yeah. they, they probably will be looking at him a lot more um, and not having you know three or four other midfielders feeding him true. as well. Yeah, true. But I still think he's going to be a great scorer. All right, cool. Uh, at Russ2468, uh, Harakis is still mid-only in AFL Fantasy. Uh, so what are the chances of UF giving him back status? Uh, giving his recent surgeries, I'm only going to keep him if he gets that DPP. 
Yeah, I think there is a, a fair chance. He got the um, defender status last year, didn't he, at the end of the year? Mm. And I just can't remember. I didn't really take note of the last few Essendon games. Did he play defence in those in that final? He was playing that sweeper role. Yeah. That's where he finished up the season. Yeah. Um, I'm just worried about his actual injuries. So, if, yeah. if you look through all the guys, you know, don't get sucked into guys who have been injured in the preseason because they end up having stinky years, especially with Zaharakis, who's pushing 30. Um, if he's playing that halfback role, it's not necessarily super fantasy friendly. Um, I wouldn't keep him purely because of his what's going on with his injuries at the moment. You wouldn't keep him as a defender. Well, I guess he's only mid only, but if, mid he gets only. Named, if he gets named as a defender, which he probably will. Yes, you probably would, but I'd be shocked if he really dominated. Yeah, I can I can just see that handy. Like for for defender, I just aim for some guy who can get me eighty. Like I'm really happy with that. Firstly, yeah, I know, but I think I think he will. Like I don't know, he did a fair bit last year. I guess he got injured. No, he did get injured. I don't know. Um, but but what I'm really thinking is, he I just can't see him moving back in the midfield at all. So if he is playing, he's going to be a defender. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and even it it might end up being like a long term hold as a defender too. Yeah, you might be sacrificing some scores this year for um, some fruit in the next couple. Yep. Uh, at Trav014, can Gaz be in the top forwards again this year? Yeah, I think he'll probably do pretty similar to what he did this year. I think he's found his little niche up forward. Yep. Um, probably he was already he was already on the decline last year, but any kind of little midfield run, I think, is going to be pretty much wiped out. I think, and it's going to be that forward thing. Yeah, not I don't know wiped out, but it'll be reduced. I think further. Um, but I think you can rely on him for a few goals as well, and he's pretty dangerous. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm reckoning this the same average as last year because I was interested. He averaged 88 last year as a forward, which is pretty good. And I oh, think yeah, he came yeah. home as a his last five games are in the hundred average. So yeah. you know. He's just that player who can just rack him up. He's got that hunger to, to find the ball and, and get those disposals. If Geelong are in the hunt, he's probably going to be pretty hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've just got to hope he doesn't get injured as well. Yeah, risk, risk. But yeah. plenty of reward at the same time. All right, at Henry Katz, uh, Wingard and Zeeble both held forward status. Uh, forward options are looking thin this year. But does the question over their role make them too risky to start the season with? I think I could get a solid return for them pre-season. Do you trade now or hold? Or if you only trade one, which one? Tough question. Um, I actually kind of feel that Zebul is the better hold between the two. So uh, Zebul scored nine tons this year and Wingard only had three. Um, for me, that Zebul is a bit more consistent and has more chance of running through the guts permanently, I think, than Wingard does. Uh, yes, there's a bit of age gap between the two, but... Uh, I would keep Zebul on that basis because I think that, you know, he might have be called upon to go into that midfield a bit more next year still. Um, but for the other side of the question, I actually don't think there's much point trading now. I'd, I'd wait and hold because their values are only going to rise if they have good pre-seasons or um, rise if they start the season well. I don't think trading now is really going to help you out too much because I'm not sure what you get in return for either of them. Surprise, surprise, I think exactly the opposite. Apart from the uh, the trading now, I agree with that. Don't trade now. Wait until, you know, see what happens. Um, but 50-50 is not too bad. But on the two of them, I guess, like Wingard was had in pretty much no preseason last year, really took a while to get warmed up. And towards the end of the year, they were playing in the midfield and he looked pretty damn hot uh, going forward. Just being the age he is in comparison to Zeeble, um, Wingard's definitely the one I hold on to out of those two, just based on that. And, you know, I think I'm basing this I'm not a lot, but just a gut feel. I think Wingard is going to explode at Hawthorne this year and just kind of get back to what he was in the early days at Port just because I think it's just I need another player just to rub it in my face at what uh, Port have done in regards of trading and things so like that. So bet number two for the night is Wingard v Zebel. 
Yeah, basically. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can put on that too. Yep. Sweet. Cool. <laughs> um, next one from at James Plays FS. Apparently, he's in, uh, Perryman's in mid only now. Yes, correct. correct. Worth a keeper spot in the hope he regains back status. So, we'll just reflect on what we were talking about before with him. Yeah. So, basically, I just think there's too many GWS midfielders for him to play there permanently. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to play somewhere else and it's going to be in defence. So, so, list them. Who's yeah. in the GWS midfield? All right. So, you got Kelly. You got yep. Whitfield, yep. Taranto, yep. Cornelio, yep. Ward, yep. Hopper, yep. Haley, yep. Caldwell. To an like, extent. That's eight there, yes. basically. And, well, yeah, I, I agree that is to an extent. But, again, if you if you go by the early best 22s, they've got Caldwell in there. So, um, yeah, I'm surprised. He, like, again, I'm still baffled he got back status taken away, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I reckon he'll win it back pretty soon. Mm. Yeah, I think he would too. Yep. After cool. thinking about that a lot more. Yep. All right. I'll let you answer this one because it's about uh, Jordan Dawson. I'm sick of talking about him. So, <sighs> at Hutcho180, how relevant is Jordan Dawson now that he is back forward? Uh, should he be in the first three or four B and Fs you take? Um, well, for me, I think firstly, you only take him as a defender. Like, I always feel that defenders are more more important than forwards like you can get you always can feel you can get a few more cheap forwards but regardless he's a, I'd be playing him in defence or drafting him in defence if it was my team but I reckon for me he's probably a D2 to D3 so you're probably looking um, to take him a bit earlier than that in a way like it, depending on where are your defenders fall obviously we haven't got the full list of you know exactly who's got defender status in, in ultimate and I haven't done my rankings or anything like that yet but you've probably got to think he's in that you know 13 to 24 bracket of the defenders next year wouldn't you? Um, yeah, he's going to be up there. I just look at the forward pool, though, as well. I think it's a bit light on this year. So, I think he's going to be valuable just in both. And I think as a player that you can just swing both ways depending on what you've got, I think that makes him even extra more valuable. D2, F2, is that a bit high? I don't know. He kind of falls in between two and three for me. But as you said, he's got that dual status. So, yeah, he yeah. probably has to go up your ranks a bit in that way. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's a tricky one. But, uh, yeah, look, but, I, I rate him highly. I, I feel like I'm biased talking about him here. There is still a bit of risk involved, though. You know, he's had you know a bit of a good season for Sydney. Yeah. You know, like the, you, you, it's no, a, small, I do sam- agree with that, it's a yeah. small sample size to go full chips in on. So, maybe D2, D3 is a bit high. Yeah. You're probably right, three or, D3 or 4, F3 or 4. It's going to be a really tough one to figure out where he goes in drafts or redrafts or, or that kind of thing. It's he should be-, be okay. It's just the horse factor. Um, then mm. having a breakout year, then coming out like... And I think, again, he plays his best footy in the midfield. Does he get that midfield time? A few young midfielders coming in for Sydney, a side mm. that wants to rebuild. Oh, it's a it's a bit of a tricky one, but I think you've just got to take the risk. It's yeah. one of those plays you've got to invest in. If it pays off, it, you know, great. Yeah, you look if like it a doesn't, king. it's not yeah. the end of the world. Uh, at Wezo two double oh one, is Menegola a keeper now? He's mid only. Not sure where he sits in Geelong's twenty two. Uh, he's in a twelve team league, and they keep thirteen players. Hef, you're a Menegola man. Uh, yeah, so I guess if you just watched his finals, you notice he played, uh, I guess, most of the final series in defence. So let's just hope that continues, I think, because he was probably one of the better user, users of the ball coming out of defence uh, throughout the finals campaign, and he was scoring really well too. Uh, so, yeah, I think if Menegola holds that role, um, I think we'll be fine. So I reckon yeah, with your keepers, you're keeping 13, I reckon he might just scrape into your 13th, depending on uh, how many, you know, what else you've got in terms of, uh, I guess, midfielders and and potentially defenders because I reckon he could be a pretty handy defender if he gets that back status. For me, it's going to uh, depend on when you lock in your keepers and that kind of thing. I think he's one you really want to monitor in the preseason if you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, See what role he's playing. Exactly, exactly. He's probably going to be injured for the whole preseason though, so. Well, that's not good then. (laughs) They'll list him. Uh, From Facebook, Harley Phillip. Uh, Who are the best players to keep- I think it's Philp, Philp. There's no iron there. 
I honestly can't remember. There was a field that was drafted this year, I think, as well. You know, if I wonder if there's a relation thing with the Carlton. Interesting. Sam Phil. Uh, yeah, anyway. Who are the best players to keep or retain their DPP status from last season? So a few guys who we were surprised by in a way. Well, when I think about it, it's not that surprising. But Dan Houston, because he played like he played a lot of midfield last year, but he kept kind of pushing back. And towards the end of the season, he was back in Port's defence. But um, yeah, so I guess it's a bit um, surprising in that regard. But um, I think it's fair that he kept it. Just listening to an interview he did this week as well, he is really eyeing off a midfield spot this season at Port Adelaide. So mm. Dan Houston owners, get excited because yeah, I reckon he's going to be a, a gun. Yeah, absolutely uh, smash fantasy this year. Uh, the other one I thought was probably a little bit surprising. Uh, well, yeah, I guess the best players that retained it, I guess Wayne Miller, like he could have added anything really last year. So I wouldn't have been surprised if he was a centre forward over a centre back. He kept floating between those two different roles. So, um, yeah, he's lucky to retain it. So he's one of the better players that have retained. What do you reckon, Case? Uh, for me, Darcy McPherson kept uh, centre forward status, which is super handy for my team. But he was playing a lot in the in the midfield for Gold Coast. So very surprised he kept yeah, that Yeah, actually, that I'm real status. surprised at that one. Didn't realise that happened. Yeah, so I'm licking my lips. Um, uh, Paddy Lipinski was, uh, kept his forward status too. He did kick a lot of goals and was up around that forward line. But, you know, seeing as some of the guys who lost their, their forward status, this year um, good to see him keep it uh, for another year another one that still baffles me today is how Lockie Whitfield is a centre forward that doesn't make any sense to me yeah well I guess he started a lot of games there and AFL fantasy is a bit more frivolous with their uh, with their positions that they give out so I guess he spent a bit of time there because he'd start the from the centre bounce in the forward line and then push in the midfield it's just weird it's weird <laughs> yeah. if anything he should be a mid only or, or retain that back because there's zero backs I would say mid only yeah. but yeah Anyway, um, last question of the night comes from Lockie Byrne. So, not directly related to positions, but who are some of the breakouts that uh, we were a year early on? Um, example, everyone had Wayne Miller breaking out this year, but it looks like 2020 might be it for him. Now, um, are there any other breakout contenders that people might have forgotten about? Yeah, so I kind of always look back at the the guys who were injured this year, who were talked about a lot in the this preseason, and then just kind of fell by the wayside because of some niggling injuries. So yep. I mentioned it before. I think Jack Bowes is up for a good one. So is Ben Ainsworth. There's been a lot of talk about his preseason so far. Yep. As I said, I think those two are the guys who are who are ready to go for Gold Coast. Uh, already talked about Andrew Brayshaw, Adam Chera. They were kind of hyped, and then everyone kind of went real cold on them but obviously their their backs and forward status is there um, should see them bounce back for a good third year breakout not that second year breakout which we kind of thought might have happened a year early uh, one that's a bit more low key is Jordan Ridley so he was a bit of a talk around the, the pre-season and early on he was playing some pretty good footy uh, averaged 68 in the six games that he played for the Dons then got injured as a defender I think he's uh, one that's going to go a bit as goes a bit of a sleeper and drop down late once he cements a spot I think he's going to be a good scorer yeah I just hope that he's one of these 22 fit guys at Essendon because you know they're the guys who are going to be playing early on in for the Bombers uh, Aiden Bonar another one to an extent who's kind of uh, gone off the radar a bit but I think his move to North could be positive but who knows with uh, with the Kangaroos but probably gets more opportunity at, at North Melbourne than he would have at the goal at, at Greater Western Sydney he scares me I wouldn't like to draft him but would you be more likely to take a risk on him at the Kangaroos than at the Giants? Absolutely. Yeah, see, that's the, the point. Uh, Jackson Haitley is another one, I think. He was very unlucky not to play more games in 2019. His average was quite high uh, when he did play, so that might kind of affect his ranks there, um, you know, with people just drafting based on average. But uh, for those guys who, um, you know, are a bit more focused on some of the bigger names, I think Haitley's one that could sneak up and have a really good season 2020.
And what about Harry Morrison, Kays? You were banging on about him all last preseason. Uh, yeah, obviously his breakout's <laughs> happening this season. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, let's not even go there. Let's uh, cross him off everyone's list. Don't fool our listeners. Sometimes you get it wrong, Harry. <laughs> sometimes you get it wrong. Yeah, sometimes. I know all about getting yeah. it wrong. Don't you worry. All right, that wraps up the show for this week. So, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the position changes. We're going to have a bit of a break over the holiday period and we'll be back early next uh, year and we'll have basically weekly episodes from January all the way through to late August. August, uh, heading into finals so it really gets underway after the uh, the holiday period so yeah it should be a pretty exciting year for us anything else to add case no everyone everyone have a merry and safe christmas and yeah get excited for uh fantasy in 2020 all right just before we go hit us up on our socials at keeper league pod uh basically everywhere youtube twitter Facebook, TikTok, K's, Instagram. Still don't know what TikTok Everything. is. Everything. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, hit us up on our socials. Uh, we're putting out, uh, we're trying to, you know, up our content game this year, uh, putting out lots of stuff to keep you guys entertained. So, yeah, check out those. And, uh, yeah, cool. We'll talk to you next year. See you guys.